Julie Brown, I'm going to hang out with you today. We roll through 6 o'clock coming up this hour at uh, 420 today. We'll talk to Dan Shanka from Our Labs, NFL draft experts. I just briefly looked up Dan Shanka, and he's been doing, he's been doing this forever, football-wise. We'll have the crockpot in the 5 o'clock hour. We will get to that, brought to you by the uh, Grand Z Casino and Hotel in Central City. A uh, little bit of talk today about wide receivers. That's our poll question at Orange Blue 760. Of the following wideouts, who would you want to be the veteran in the room for the Broncos next season? Emmanuel Sanders is your first choice. John Brown's on there, who played with the Ravens last year. I think the Cardinals before that. Antonio Brown, you know his name, and Tyrell Williams, who's been with San Diego. Tyrell was fairly, you know, anonymous last year. They had Keenan Allen, you know, they got Melvin Gordon, and but Rivers uses everybody. So uh, we we're talking quickly. We got a text here too about tight end. Uh, Got to blame the front office for the tight end situation. They keep drafting injured college tight ends. And surprise, surprise, they, like you said, they, they stay or keep getting injured. I don't know about Fumagalli being injured in college, maybe, but I know, you know, we know the Jake Butt situation, so. You know, yeah, he, I mean, he still has something to, unfortunately, still has something to prove that he can stay healthy, right? Well, yeah, but, you know, and, and it happens, it's unfortunate. Some of these are freak things, you know, the knee, he's just, it sounds like, you know, non-contact. It's the same thing with Emmanuel Sanders. You know, it, it just kind of happens. I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard to predict, but you get that tag then, right? Yeah, unfortunately, he's he's already got that tag. Yeah, as, you know, injury prone. So. What do you think about Hireman? Would you like to see him back? No. Okay, well. Um, at all. You didn't think about that. Yeah. At his best. Yeah, he had a 10. He had a, he, I'm one of those. I always go back to fantasy, and it's, it's good because a lot of people play fantasy football, but. You know, if you don't have one of the key tight ends, which George Kittle was the star last year, I probably didn't know. You know, if you don't have Gronk, if you don't have, who am I? You know, um, Kelsey. Gonzalez. Well, Tony Gonzalez, well, he's retired. Well, I understand that, but yeah, you're talking yeah, yeah. about Mark Travis guys. Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, you're poking around. So I I was like, Case has to use Jeff Hireman, right? You know, and I'm thinking back to the glory days of Sharp and, and you know, Julius Thomas and the tight end. So. All right, let me let me read you his number. Gotta put my readers on. Julie, it happens. Has it happened to you yet? Yep, but I don't wear them in public. Yeah, well, sooner or later you got <laughs> so you have no choice. So Jeff Hireman last year, and this is good. How many catches do you uh he played he, he played in eleven games, he started ten. How many receptions do you think he uh, had last year? He played in eleven and he started ten. Yeah, so he had sixteen. In, Did I get it right? No, what are you out of your 16, that's like that's like barely won a game. Okay, well, I, I didn't I wasn't in love with the tight end position last year. All right, well, he had 31 catches. Okay. 10 in one game. What game was that? <laughs> that was the uh that was the Houston game that they they lost by two because Hiram because uh, you know McManus missed the field goal. Yeah, he had 10 catches for 83 yards in that game. Um he had 48 receptions on the year and he had 31 catches, but 
you know, I, 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 that's why, I, that's why I think about his season, and I think about his previous seasons. No, nothing really stood out. So, game one, one target, one catch, fifteen yards. Well, there, so that's why I got sixteen. I got you. Game two, three for two, two catches for ten, two catches for seven. We saw flashes. Four. Well, you have. Well, I'm, I'm reading this to you. We saw one four for fifty-seven in a game. Two for eighteen. Three for twenty-three. I felt like you just yelled at me like we were an old married couple. Bagel. Bagel in Arizona. Now, that game might have been, you know, it was 45-10. to 10, and They kind of just switched things around. Well, I know he didn't play a ton. Uh, he had a catch for four yards in the next game against Kansas City with a touchdown. The 10 game, the, the 10 catch game, he had a TD there. And then it was four for 22 for 40. But it's interesting to me that you would basically say you're going two catches a game. Because I don't really remember seeing Jeff I know. Lot. So that's kind of a... Uh, yeah, Problem. But it, right, but I know I haven't seen the tight end position flourish in a few years. It's just I know that that's what they would love to see, and I thought we'd see that more with Gary Kubiak, but that never developed. Yeah, it's just it's almost non-existent. And I actually thought last year, after being totally non-existent in the five and eleven year, I thought last year we would see more production from the tight end. Travis Kelsey probably not a good comparison. I, I know what you're thinking, Broncos country. He's elite. Uh, how many receptions do you think he had for Kansas City last year? And Kansas City's a different animal offensively. This is purely... So, Hireman had 32? 31. 31. Uh, so, Kelsey played every game. So, 16. Think full season, Kansas City Chiefs. 60. Um, 103. It's night and day. Right. Yeah. And 10 touchdowns. But that's where, you know, that's where the bar is. That's where it's set for tight ends in particular... Like you said, in the AFC West. Um, you know, Antonio Gates finished up with the Chargers. Hunter Henry is their tight end, too, right? He was hurt. He was hurt. He came back at the very end, and he might have played in the playoffs, but yeah, he. The guy from. He's, um, he's good. The Raiders is not so. Jared Cook. Cook. Right. He's had a couple big the games. Jared Cook last is year. a free agent. Yeah. Um, let's see how many catches Jared Cook had, because he, he can disappear, too. But yeah. He had 68 catch. He had 100 targets. So, but but I know where you. Yeah, when you think that's why when you asked me, will Jeff hire me be back? I was like, well, I don't think so. You know, they had Brian Parker, Coop, who was the other uh, cool backup to who the two tight ends, the kid from Albany, and you know that we talked to. See, I can't even think of them because they ended up having to play when Hireman got hurt. Yeah, it was Brian uh, Parker and Matt Lacoste. And Matt Lacoste, yeah, and Lacoste. You know, those guys were. I mean, the, the, you know, they're NFL tight ends, but. They're serviceable. Is that what you're trying yeah, to say? That's a, that's but a, uh, they're they're not NFL quality starters, at least not right now. Right. Parker's more of a blocking tight end. Lacoste is more of a catching tight end, and they need somebody that it kind of can do both, which would have been Jake Butt. But I don't know if you can count on him at this point. I feel like sometimes I have to add to the color of this show. I have a well, a small known fact about. Did I tell you my Matt Lacoste fact? I did him. Um, I wrote about him for Diggs. Good. No. No. We. we, we Coop and I are big fans of Matt Lacoste. You I, are. Well, for the mustache? Well, no. I mean, I'm interested to hear the story. Matt Lacoste came here from the Giants, mm-hmm. and it was it was when I first started. And, in fact, he played in that Sunday night game when the Giants came into town and beat up on the Broncos. This is two seasons ago. Broncos were 3-1. and one. It was a bye week, Sunday night game, and Lacoste was on the team. Middle of that year, somehow they acquired him. I don't really remember. The, you know, signed him off waivers or something. So he was here. And then last year, he he definitely was serviceable and and, you know, he, he helped the cause. 
but he did have that mustache. And like we know he got married. We we were interviewing him and, and then yeah, we know a little bit about him, but Do you know how they met? No, no, no. In fact, he was dri- he was dri- he was driving home from camp last year before the season was really going to start. And we're like, what are you doing in the offseason? Remember, Coop? And he's like, well, I'm going to get married. <laughs> and you're just you're like, oh, all right, well, I guess you're busy. You know, you're not just, you know, kicking back waiting for, you know, training camp. This was like after OTAs or something. So his his wife is lovely. They met on Tinder. He's, he's from Illinois. Mm-hmm. They met online. So he swept what, right? Yeah. Or is it is left? That, I don't, I don't. I think you swipe right everywhere. Uh... Swipe right, you like them, and then hopefully that they'll... Uh... So I said, well, what did he have on I don't know, profile? Julie, tell us how Tinder works. I have not been on Tinder. Yeah, did a story on the guy. You I did might, a story. I don't, I didn't say which did Research you... it. I said, well, what did he put as his profession? You know, like, would you, <laughs> like, because usually you would put, you know, like Mark. I mean, it's. Talk show host. Uh, yeah. So, but. They he, take he it from said, your Facebook profile. Some, I, yeah, some of them. It, it just said Matt. It didn't say Matt. You asked him. I mean, that's a valid question because you would think. It's a great question. You would think. You know, if you're in any kind of a professional rank, sports-wise, you you know. Yeah, you're not going to put like no, you, you know, you think Matt to, you tight know, end. Was, you'd be able to pull some women, <laughs> you know, to, right? You know, showing that he is humble. So, and she did not know that he played football. I just thought that was interesting because this is why I think that was interesting. There used to be a stigma to that, and he's a professional athlete, and he had no problem, which I love because that's how a lot of people are meeting. He's a good dude. He's a great he's, dude. He's a solid guy. I would I, like I, to see him back. I would, I, yeah, I would anticipate him being back. Now, he ended up having, he had 24 receptions last year. Wow. He got hot late. Yeah. He played 15 games. He started five. And he had, yeah. And, and Coop, he'll be back, right? I, yeah, oh, I don't I think mean, there's any doubt yeah, about that. Doubt. I think he'll definitely be back as in a backup role. He'll probably fight with Brian Parker for that third tight yeah, end. He's 6'6". Six, six. And, I, and I think the question is, 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 is Jeff Hireman back? Do they let him go via free agency? And obviously they're going to have to pick up somebody because I don't think as much as you would like to count on Jake Butt, I just don't think you can. Here's a text at 57739. Hireman. More like Hooerman. <laughs> this is wow. That's yeah, an impolite. That's great. Well, Ryan O'Halloran from the Post was on with us earlier, and we asked about who's going to be back of the free agents, and he, I agree with him. He said it's not like you have to have anybody back. There's nobody there that that. Oh, he if if then that that that'll be up on the needle. He sort of made it sound like yeah, um, burn it down kind of, unlike <laughs> right with the new coaching staff. Yeah, just. There's nobody there that's, that you've got to have. Bit, that might be a little bit too too far at one end, but he sounded like that. That's why I think it's a very interesting call on Emmanuel Sanders, what the Broncos wind up doing with him. I mean, they have until March 13th. They're not going to know for sure whether or not he's going to be completely healthy. He's a guy that you would like to have because it looks like he, he became kind of that veteran mentor in the locker room when DT left. But at the end of the day, you, you, you need guys who are available. And you just can't necessarily count on a manual as of right this second. Uh, do you reward loyalty for lack of a you know better way of thinking about it? Just because he's been here and 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 he did play well last year. And the other thing is is like just really well. just looking at our poll question, it's not like there's a lot of great options out there. No, you know, I no, mean, the, you could go the, AB, the, the, and there's yeah. no doubting the talent. But as Julie said, and he's not a free agent. You got to trade for that. And and you're not going to get more in a third or a fourth to get him. But do you want to put up with that headache? The other options on our poll, obviously, John Brown, who had a good five or six games with Joe Flacco, but do we really want to 
put our faith in John Brown on five or six games with a quarterback that he had a pretty decent connection with? Is that all of a sudden going to translate here? For the most part, the dude basically runs a fly pattern. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 42 catches, 700 yards, 17 per. Tyrell Williams the same way. Michael Crabtree, another guy who I don't necessarily think is great in the I'm, locker I'm, room I'm, and his I'm, stops. I'm, 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 when I heard that today, right away, I was like, I'd rather invest, continue investing in Tim Patrick. Well, uh, yeah, because he's Michael younger. Crabtree. And... John Brown, I have some interest in because of his relationship with Flacco. It's obvious that, and, and, and uh, I think these guys were talking about this on First and Ten, but I'll look up his game log to see how it dropped off when Lamar Jackson. Well, the other uh, thing it dropped was, up is, big time. Is, yeah, is, yeah. Is, but Lamar wasn't a thrower, so that right. was going to be expected. No it's doubt. not like they put Lamar in and said, "You want to know what? We're going to drop back thirty, forty times and throw the ball over You're the right, yard." Coop, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna run the offense. We're gonna run the football, which is what they did with uh, Gus Edwards. They ran the football. They controlled the clock, and Lamar made plays with his feet and occasionally with his arm. So I don't hold that against John Brown. Yeah. But at the same time, can you count on five or six games that translating into a full season with Flacco? Does the money with Emmanuel, is that the biggest issue to you, or is it that his coming off an injury? Like, why are we having this conversation? Is it it's the injury? And that he's 31 now. Well, he's got a year left. Like he's he I think it's I think it's both. I think think he's still under contract. I think it's both. Because here's a guy, if you cut him, you're going to save, what, $8, 9000000 million that can go somewhere else. But but as, we, as we've sat here and discussed, there's not, a, there's not a great option out there to go get to replace him. No, that's what Ryan Heller was saying, too. Like, if, if he, he thinks they're going to let a bunch of guys go to, to get cap space, to have money, you utilize free agency to, I don't know, make a splash, I'll just say that, with a, with a guy or two or three, and then hopefully the draft assists you. Right, Coove? I, 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 that's what I heard let from me him. Let me ask you this. If you don't like Antonio Brown, another name, and we had this story in the Crockpot last Friday, Jay Glazer believes Odell Beckham is going to be traded. Are you, are you a fan of that, Julie? If you don't like Antonio, would you like the other circus? You know, I'm. my first thought is no, because they're big pains in the butt. I, and they're fabulously talented. They are fabulously talented. But this team does not need a big, fat distraction. There are way too many things for the Broncos to pay attention to than if you've got a guy making a ruckus, not showing up, talking bad about his coaching staff. Like, how many distractions do they need? Do you know where nice guys finish? Well, you're nice, and yeah. you, you're, you're doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... I'm talking about in the world of professional I know, sports. Last. I'm not saying no. I, I don't want a bunch of choir boys, but I also don't want to want a bunch of guys that the first thing when you say their name, you think, oh, oh my God, that guy is a distraction. I know. I mean, I'm just going on what Ray would say, and I just feel like, like a change of scenery, and and, and Coop, I'm surprised you said third or fourth round pick. That's it. That, yeah, I, I don't think the Steelers are getting Ste- any more than that. I mean, the Steelers they they've made their own bed. They want to get the, yeah, and so is he. I mean, they they got to part ways. Right, that's and, and it's going to happen. He's going right. to be traded. Right. He's going to be gone. And I think there was a report out. I want to say it was either Peter King or Mike Florio this morning on Pro Football Talk was saying that there's only been like three or four teams that have even inquired about Antonio. So I take Odell Beckham more so over. He's younger. He's younger. He's 26. Right. It's a solid five years. But that's going to cost you a first round pick, likely. Probably, yeah. But you know, I'm 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 always in the camp of like. Well, my first round pick, it's got some potential, but this guy? You know what he can do. 
Yeah. Let me ask you two this. Seen that potential in, in person. On my fantasy football team. For a wide receiver, do you have to be a diva to be good? You have to have that flair, that that I like divaness. To call, I like to call it being a dog or having attitude. You know, diva is that, that is a it, right away. That's a negative connotation, right? Kinda, but I mean, I mean, probably the best example of a non-diva wide receiver was probably Jerry Rice. How about Larry Fitzgerald? There's another Fantastic. one. Is Julio Jones a huge diva? I don't think so. Nothing I know. I don't hear but those kind of things. About not him. really. I mean, he he had his little contract dispute where there was talk that he was going to sit out last year because he didn't like playing on the original deal that he signed. But I don't know that that makes him a diva necessarily. I don't know if, say, I, I don't think somebody like Adam Thielen is a diva, although I do remember that what game was that the Vikings were playing and they threw him a pass late in the game. Do you remember this past year? Coove, and he, and, he, and, he and he made the catch and he, like, turns out of bounds and the mics catch him and he was like, we should have been doing that all damn day, all damn game. Was that the was that the game where he uh, it was, the, was it against the the was, Patriots where he kind of said something to Belichick? Uh it might have been that game, and Belichick told him to you know yeah use another. It was a game that it was a it might have been it was I don't know might have been the game they it was yeah they lost at New England. It might have been that game because he had five catches for twenty eight yards. I do, I do know a guy that really talks high of Flacco off. that played with Flacco who's had some decent years, but he's certainly long in the tooth is Torrey Smith. Torrey Smith has, has a wide receiver with Flacco. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the guy can chuck it, so why wouldn't, you know, why, you know, Flacco's one of those guys that if he's not, I don't think if, he, if he's not your quarterback, I mean, I don't know, you know, he I'm went, just, he I'm went just, to Delaware, right? I just know he's big and he's got a big yeah. arm. And, I'm just not sure how much Torrey Smith has left. Right. But he, who, yeah, he should be able to you know, take the top off. Who was he playing? Was he on the Eagles? Panthers. Oh, yeah, I didn't even. He's hear moved about around him. a lot the last few years. He was in San Francisco. See, he's only making five million. See more. Here's this is true too. More top wide receivers are not divas. Don't let the five that are you know in that category skew your vision. And that's but that's that's what happens. It's a really good point. We do skew everything on bad apples, if you want to call them that, or call them what you know. Who are the five? We know I, Odell. We know Antonio. I don't get it. I mean, we'll think. Let's take a break. We'll think about it, and we'll also have Dan Chanka on from our lads and uh, talk about the NFL draft. I'm sure you can come up with. We can come up with a crab. I, I throw Crabtree in there, although he's not like you know elite. But do you think Emmanuel's a, di- a diva in some sense? Some yes. people do. Yes. Yeah. It's more so than like DT. That's for sure. Yeah, but I don't think I don't. Yeah, DT was course. like just basically the good soldier, right? All that you know, you knew he was going to show up. Well, what's the definition of diva? I guess I, I think Emmanuel is probably a little high maintenance. He needs a little. He needs some attention. Uh, I he think needs... fans would say you know, you know, injuries or just you know, always you know, complaining and you know, wanting the ball more, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, when he came out and he and DT, I think publicly talked about not getting enough throws yeah, from yeah, Trevor. Yeah. That was a little diva like. I mean, he got his point across. Divas always do. Not the worst thing. Okay. Well, now we're going. We're going from the negative to the positive. <laughs> well, uh, we'll continue this down the road. We'll talk to Dan Shanka. He's coming up next as we continue on Orange and Blue Seven Sixty. Hey, Coover says to me, "This is Pearl Jam." <laughs> I know, Coof. Uh, do you? Are you? Are you? Do you love Pearl Jam? 
I saw Pearl Jam before they actually got big at a small concert in Lawrence, Kansas. I was there too. They yeah, played on the hill. Oh, that's right. You're a KU person. Did you didn't you know that, right? She's a Jayhawk. I am very well aware of that. So you were on the hill that day. I was on the hill that day. Wow, nobody knew who the hell they were. Well, I, well, I didn't anyway. Maybe I you didn't. did. Was, was that like a was that like like when I was at Ithaca College, Cornell, across the across the city, the Ivy they would have like fun in the sun. And it was, you know, the beginning of the school year and they'd always have a band. On and the hill. Sometimes it was right. It was it, it was fun. Sometimes it was a name band. Otherwise, it was like a baby band that was just starting out. Probably like you saw Pearl Jam. That's kind of part of KU lore. So what year was that? Been there that time. Early nineties. Had a band in what eighty nine? I think. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Even earlier. Mm-hmm. So when did they? When did they get big? Like early nineties? Yeah. Like yeah. That's when the the ten album came out, and verses and all that. So. What's ironic is the hill is really no longer. Why did they did, did they ban it? Is it too much too much fun? Well, I guess it is still there. They just put up that big monstrosity in the football stadium so you can't sit on the hill and watch the football game anymore. Oh, like for free? Yeah. See that, man. All right, we're going to the hotline. Dan Chanka has been around football for a long time, and he's with our lads, and he's an NFL draft expert. And, Dan, how are you? It's uh, it's Mark and Julie here on Orange and Blue 760. Thanks for joining us. You betcha. No, I'm doing great. How far back do you go in football in your life? Oh, in my life? Oh, how about uh, probably 60 years? Yeah, it's, it's, it's football is your life, right? <laughs> yep. Hey, what? Um, let me start this out with you, with the combine coming up, and Orange and Blue 760 is going to be there. First and 10 will be there, Justin BK. In fact, we'll have a couple of shows coming up Wednesday and Thursday nights from 5 to 6 to recap what's going on there. How has the combine to you changed over the years? And I know you, you, know, you can go way back with it, but for good – for worse, just kind of qualify that for us now. Well, I, th- I think that, um, you know, when I first I started going to the Combine in 1988, and, uh, you know, it's obviously it was super organized, but, hey, the guys were sitting in the hallways, uh, you know, not in chairs, waiting to go in to visit the doctors and the different people at the, you know, and then at the Combine, they didn't have chairs. They are very patient. The guy had like I had Deion Sanders in my group, and I've had all the, you know, Aeneas Williams, and because I was with the combine for seven years, so you know I had two groups going through the combine that I was in charge of. So um, I liked it back then because it wasn't a circus; it was the scouts, the players, and the coaches and general managers, you know, and that was it, and the doctors, you know, and uh, so you know you concentrated on what we got to know the kid, you, you know, it was just a. I don't always say more intimate. I mean, you'd walk in that big dome, and the only ones there is just, you know, the the players, the the groups there, and then the uh, coaches, and that was it. No, I know no, the media hacks are there now, but is there a player that stands out for you uh, from over the years, Dan? Like that, that because of your access there, you know, you were able to really, you know, just clue in on, and that became a good player. Well, we, you know, there, there's a lot of them. I mean, like, you know, the stuff that people, I'll just go back to Dion, for instance, you know, um, he was super cooperative the whole week, you know, and he, he came in with his Jerry curl, his chains, all that stuff, you know, and his mink coats and all that business. And, uh, you know, and everybody was suffocating him. Um, but, you know, Hey, he, once he got on the, uh, he got his shorts and t-shirts like Tom Brady and everybody else. You know that ever went through there. I mean, he was all business, 
great guy. The the team, you know, with the, like that was one defensive back group. So there used to be, and there's always two. But you know, the, hey, the other players loved him. He's a great guy, great teammate, um, and all that stuff. So, um, and then, um, you know, he denied this, but when I was with the Redskins, you know, we signed Dion. Uh, there, uh, you know, for one year, and uh, he came in and he was working out and everything. I said, Dion, do you, do you remember when you got beat uh, in running at the combine in Indianapolis? He said, nobody's ever beat me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and I said, uh, well, I was a group leader, so we're going over, and we had to go around the front here on the construction side entrance at that time, so we walked over from the hotel. I mean, it was cold, you know, and Dion was saying, well, you know, I'm from Fort Myers, Florida. I'm not used to this cold, so I'll tell you what. We're going to have a race to that door, uh, and uh, if I win, I'm going to tell everybody, a fat scout beat you, you know, to the door, and uh, you're reading what's on the bottom of my feet. He says, what? And I took off, you know, and uh, I beat him to the door. And uh, yeah. so then I asked him about that when I saw him with the Redskins. Hey, remember me beating you? Nobody there beat me. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, he says, I don't remember that. <laughs> you know. So, but anyway, uh, but, but he was super cooperative. I tell you, I, I never had – um, all the years, you know, like I had two groups every week and never had a problem. And I had, you know, uh, some diva guys, I mean, in those defensive backs, you can imagine. But, um, hey, the guys got there. They did their work. They did the stuff. And then, then uh, you know, so, no, everything was very positive for those seven years. Mm-hmm. Dan, before we get to what you expect to see out there on the field, I want to talk about when we talk about the combine the um the subject of the of the questions and the interviews always seem to come up. Have they gotten so ridiculous over the years that sometimes you think, oh my gosh, how? Because it always leaks out some of these crazy questions that they ask these guys. Was it always like that? Yes. Um, there, there's a, a little short test that you take. It's about five minutes long. It says, are you a dog or a cat? Or you know, da da da. All those some of those crazy ones. And then, of course, if you take the California apperception test. It's got 400 and some questions on it, and, and many of them are repeat questions, you know, to try to catch you or trip you up or whatever you want to say. But, but um, you know, yeah, I think that but, – but you always have to keep in mind, I mean, this is a big-time job interview, just like if you're interviewing for IBM or anywhere else or, or you know, Google now or, or whatever company you want to pick. So, I mean, you need to do what you're asked to do within reason. Dan Shaka is our guest here on Orange and Blue 760. You can follow him on Twitter at OurLads underscore Shanka. So with the combine coming up, you scout players. Do you, do you scout for any particular teams, or can you like give us what you think that the Broncos are interested in? See, No, and now with our lads, yeah. um, I, I do consulting for different teams, but, uh, you know, I just like – I'll say, for instance, teams will call me and say, hey, Dan, the, the coaches like one guy – the uh, scouts like the other, yeah. you know, what's your report on this guy? Shoot us your report, you know, or things like that. But, um, or uh, different uh, position areas, I'll send them my reports and things like that. Just different, a variety of teams. And, uh, but um, no, I, you know, we scout all the teams, the juniors and the, and the seniors coming out. And uh, so, no, we just, um, um, we we scout, I guess, basically for the whole league and not specifics for a team. Now, you know, if you're a 3-4 team, you know, you look for outside linebackers. You're not looking for, you know, big defensive ends necessarily unless you're going to anchor them in there to keep them off your linebackers if you're a 3-4 team. So, 
Um, we, we do it for the whole league and grade the guys for the whole league. Can you tell me what your scouting report in a nutshell says, the good and the bad about Kyler Murray? Well, uh, I, I tell you, now, you know, it, it, I don't know if you guys recall, but we were a big, 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 before it was cool, advocate of Baker Mayfield. Mm. And uh, we were waving his flag for a year prior. Okay, well, um, Kyler Murray is not Baker Mayfield. Uh, I mean, he's a different guy. And I mean, when it comes down to it, and you guys have been to pro football games, it's, it's surprisingly enough, a lot of people apparently haven't never been to a pro game because there's a lot of physics involved. And the good old big ones always crush those, you know, little good ones, you know, especially when they get their hat on, hand on. So, um, you know, um, I, it may, I mean, uh, uh, Kyler Murray yeah. is, you know, five nine and change, and he's a, uh, he's, a, you know, last time um, I talked to a pro baseball scout, which is on a year ago, and he said he was 185 pounds, 190 pounds. Now I see, you know, Peter King says 206, but that doesn't mean anything. We'll see what he is when he's verified, gets up on the wall this weekend. Hey, uh, the Broncos, you know, they pick at number ten, and they need some help at corner defensively. Which of the corners do you like the best that, you know, we've been talking about DeAndre Baker from Georgia, Greedy Williams, um, you know, Byron Murphy, Washington. Uh, do you have a favorite out of those three? I'll tell you, those are the three to talk about. And one of those guys is going to be there, you know, for the Broncos. Now, we got Murphy as our top guy. Huh. Okay. And then we got Greedy. Then we got Baker. But I know one of our scouts really likes Baker ahead of, or, you know, um, you know, DeAndre Baker ahead of the other two. So it just kind of depends on your taste. And once the Broncos, uh, you know, secondary people and everybody hones in on them, they'll zero in. And then they'll say, well, hey, we'll be happy with, I mean, if they say we're happy with all three of these guys, then they'll probably be in good shape because, they, you know, the first two go off the board. And then, but this year, um, you know, with, people going crazy for quarterbacks, how they always do over drafting them and saying that the Broncos may be in, in good shape where somebody's going to fall to them. That's pretty good. That there's somebody, you know, there's a defensive lineman are going to go up there and, uh, and, um, you know, maybe one offensive lineman, but I doubt that, but, uh, one of those defensive backs going to be there for the Broncos. How is this quarterback class? Um, I, I would say there's probably one for sure starter, and all the rest are either backups or third guys. And um, you know, I think we're, we're going to look back in a couple of years and say this is not a very good uh, quarterback class. So who's the starter that you're referencing? Uh, Haskins from uh, Ohio State. Huh. So you're saying uh, that you know, if he, that there's at 10, most people think that, that since the Broncos got Joe Flacco, they wouldn't take a quarterback. So there's nobody there that if they fell to 10 that you would say, oh, you got to grab this guy because Haskins won't fall to 10. Nope. 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 In fact, back back in the day, and I know this is a revisionist history, but I actually gave Dak Prescott to the Broncos uh, in my last mock draft that we did uh, the year he came out. And he was, a, you know, I had him as a second round guy, but remember the Broncos picked late that year. He was second, third round guy. We had him higher than anybody, and I think that worked out okay. Hmm. Uh, another big position that the Broncos are concerned with, especially with Vic Fangio coming in, Dan is uh, is linebacker, inside linebacker. What do you think of Devin White and the depth at that that spot in terms of the draft? I absolutely love Devin White. Okay, and, but I'll go to the in, in White is possible. You know, he could very well be there at ten, and I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl, an annual Pro Bowl guy. 
and uh, he's really good in coverage, and he's, he can uh, play the run, gets downhill. I mean, he's, he's the guy. Uh, another guy we really like, though, is, is Devin Bush from Michigan. Now, when I was with the Eagles, I had to do Ray Lewis and, you know, down to Miami, worked out Ray and all that. And, uh, and I measured him, you know, as pro day, I was the guy up there measuring him and all that stuff. And, you know, Ray was just barely six foot. Okay. And at that time he weighed 228. So that's about the same size as Devin Bush. Now, Ray, you know, obviously got a little bigger and stuff, thicker and all that in the league, but Devin Bush is a great football player. He can cover, he's intense. He's all football. His dad played in the league. Um, I tell you, he, he and he can really run, and he just and he he played at Michigan since he's been a freshman, started you know going on the field. So I think either one of them, now Ken may be strong in some people's mind for him, um, but um, uh, Bush is uh, he's going to go in the first round if he doesn't, it'd be an absolute steal for somebody. Dan, last question for me. Last year, Shaquem Griffin kind of stole the media spotlight with his story. Are there any any guys that you think of that you know the that people are going to fall in love with from this combine? Boy, I tell you what, you know, the, I think the big story, obviously, is going to be Tyler Murray, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, any of the guys that have overcome certain things to be there and, um, you know, there's always stories that will come out. Uh, I mean, Debo Samuel, for instance, from uh, South Carolina, you know, he had he had some injuries. He overcame two years um, and had a tremendous year this year, and I think he's going to be a great pro. So, you know, I think it just, you know, kind of depends on, you know, what what happens during the week and what stories do pop up. Got one last thing for you. Dan Chunk is our guest from Our Lads. Uh, what do you think of Dalton Reisner, local kid, Wiggins, Colorado? We've had him on, engaging, uh, K-State, the tackle. I love him. Uh, see, to me, he's a five-for-one guy. Um, he's probably got to move inside. But when I say five for one, and they can play any position, so he's going to be very valuable in that offensive line. Um, I think ultimately he could be a pro bowl guard or center. And um, I, I, I worry a little bit about his ballast on the outside, you know, that six button five and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's an outstanding football player, and I'd love to have him on my team. He's going to start wherever, whoever takes him, whoever gets him. So that's high praise. Good to know. Um, yeah, we enjoyed talking to Dan Shanka, our lads. You'll be at the Combine. So will Orange and Blue 760, first and 10. And also adjusting to BK, I'm sure you'll run into them. Dan, thank you for the insight. We appreciate it. It was great being with you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks. Dan Shanka goes way back. He was a scout. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, he, he, You know, in that conversation, Julie, he brought up the word diva for, for defensive <laughs> yeah. backs. And, you know, I talked to him, you know, with, you know, Ray, everybody knows Ray was on the show and Ray would talk about that all the time. He said the same thing. Ray would say the same thing. I I never got beaten a game. Like you have this, you know, short memory, you know, you got beat you for touchdown. Did not happen. I'm back at it. I'm in between the whites. Another snap. Well, that position has to be such a confident position because of that. Right. And, you know, it's, it's the one-on-one with the wide receiver divas. So. Um, we can talk about that a little bit more when we come back, but cool to have Dan Shanka on and talking about the uh, draft. Ian Rappaport was on earlier today. Next hour, we'll kind of break down some of the things that he had to say, a lot of it about Kyler Murray and also the crockpot still to come here this afternoon on Orange and Blue 760. I kind of have a confession to make about this song. This makes me cry because he dies. Huh? You know that he dies, right? You saw the movie. Yeah. Well, that's. 
Was this from last night? Yes, this is the song. I know. Hold on. <laughs> Stop yelling at me. <laughs> yeah, this is shallow. Yeah, but I didn't know whether it was actually the version from everybody's all talking about they're all in love. Oh, it's such a so good song. The only the only time I turned that down a hair coop, the only time I, I heard this song was at the Grammys. Such a pretty song. Mm-hmm. But didn't they did they do a different like we, rock and roll weird did she do a different version? Anyway, we had the Action Jackson Murphy kid on the other day, and I was like, I didn't I don't like the song. I didn't like the way that they did at the Grammys. Well then I, I didn't see it in the context of the movie. Make sure that I never say anything like that again, Coove, without watching the movie. And you know, I now you know I realize that that was a dumb comment that I <laughs> make on Friday. Do you like the song, Coove? I, I do like the song, and I thought the the version last night was was fantastic. And you could see the chemistry between Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper, and there was genuine. Uh, they, I could have swore they wanted to kiss when they were at the piano. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I had heard the rumors that they hooked up. I mean, I do read Us Weekly. So that's what I'm looking for when I'm watching the eye contact. From a woman's point of view, the way she was looking at Bradley Cooper. Oh. Are you are, are you going to put out like on social media? I hope that, you know, you look at me the way that Lady Gaga no. looked at you know, Bradley Cooper and Beck. I will say this. I was watching the E! coverage of, uh, no, no. Yeah. of uh, the... The Oscar East, they, red carpet have, like, show. Th- that's yes. still on E. Yeah, there's uh, Ryan Seacrest and Juliana right. Rancic. Yeah. And Juliana got, uh, uh, Ryan had to go because he had to do the ABC broadcast as well. Mm-hmm. So he left early, about 30 minutes prior. So that left Juliana to interview Bradley and Lady Gaga. How'd that go? And her first interview was with Bradley. And she told him this story about how the movie made her love her husband that much more. And he, she does that and she kind of fumbles around with the question cuz she was trying to get it right and Bradley basically gives her about a five or six word answer. And it I mean she was literally pouring her heart out to him saying how this movie was was so great and how she now loves her husband so much more and la da da da. It was literally about a 60 second question and normally you don't get those at all on red carpets cuz they're very short. Mm-hmm. And he gave her he gave her nothing. But then Lady Gaga, she gave her the same exact question and she actually gave a very nice answer. It was it was a good 30 45 second answer saying, "Hey, that makes me feel so great. That's why we did this movie, so on and so forth." And it was it was it was interesting. She was really good in the movie, Lady Gaga. Now, I I I, I don't know, you know, I, I in fact, I looked today to see how old she was because it seems like she's been she's around early forever. 30s, I think. Yeah, she's like 32. And watching the movie, I'm like I I kind of felt like she was older and Cooper's 44. But you know the, you know what's the paparazzi song? What's the song? Those songs seem like they're ten years old or more. When she was, you know, poker face and all the big songs on the radio, right? Yeah, when she used to wear meat as a costume. I mean, she's yeah, changed but, a lot. Yeah, but but that's cool though, because you know I'm a rock and roll. So that, you know she had some attitude. But yeah, she but she's talented, and I, I I was I was surprised at how well she was she performed in the movie. So would I thought go, she might win. Would you go see her? Yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You yeah. have you seen her? Well, I also was impressed by her Super Bowl show. I have not seen her. But um, that's, what's her other glory? Blazer, her glory song? I like that one, too. I have a few downloaded. The question is, how much would you pay? So if Elton John was here for $300 well, at the Pepsi Center, the tickets we're going for, what would you pay for Lady Gaga? Back in the day. Well, I would try to get a free ticket first. <laughs> just, I, got, I got a quick story in regards to paying for tickets. Yes. 
All right. Hold on, hold so, on. I, all right, go ahead. You and Coop, now, now I got all these off-topic things with you, but go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, this had to have been, I, I guess, maybe 2001. Uh, I was a huge Madonna fan. I had uh, missed seeing her in, I believe it was like 90, I don't know, maybe, maybe it was even 88. Madonna where, was big. Where, where, big. When she was first coming out, she played a show at Texas Stadium in Dallas. And I was trying to get like tickets in the first five rows, and I had them, and my parents wouldn't let me stay in Dallas an extra day, and they weren't staying in a day, an extra day in Dallas, so I missed out. So I'd always wanted to see her. Uh, needless to say, living in Kansas, they Madonna comes nowhere near that state. She doesn't sniff anywhere near, anywhere close. So anyway, I'm in L.A. She's playing at Staples. And I go, well, you know what? Uh, here's here's my chance. Here's my opportunity to go see her. I'm going to try to buy the best tickets possible. And that's what I did. I wound up in the first, like, ten rows along the side of the stage. And I wound up forking over, and this, as I said, is in 2000, $750 for one ticket. Oh, my God. I went by myself, and I went and saw Madonna <laughs> for 750 big ones. <laughs> yeah, we always say, was it worth it? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, but yeah. at the same time, it was great to go see her. Yeah. And finally I, I got to do that. What I, and, and people always ask me, so why didn't you take anybody? Cause I didn't like anybody well enough to spend <laughs> 750 bucks on them. Yeah. That's, that's true love. If you take, yeah. spend another 750, that's a lot. That's a lot. See, see Kuva Ku, has this LA side him. So you're watching like the red carpet like shows. I've been down on the red carpet. I know. That's what there. I mean. That's why you, you're intrigued by that. Like, I don't. Because I, it's know, just it's the just, pregame, the pregame of the pregame of whatever. And, th- and this can be done by any regular Joe Schmo. Is prior, I don't know, probably at least a month prior to the Oscars, that red carpet is laid down. And you can actually go down and walk on the red carpet and go down. Well, I forget what they call it now. It used to be the Kodak Theater. I don't think they call that. It's, it's the Dolby Theater. It's the it? Dolby Theater. Yeah. So they sold the naming rights to something else. So it's no longer the Kodak yeah. Theater. But you can go down there, walk around the lobby front of it, and and get to see everything. And it's a great show. And and and, and fans are they're they're lined up. If you're uh, good enough to get a ticket to that, you can sit there in the stands and watch all the uh, everybody arrive. The ESPYS have kind of turned into they've taken a, a page from that. There's a red carpet. Um, for the SBs and the whole deal. No, I know, I know. It's, it's, it's Hollywood. It's LA. I'm just not. I'm just not. <laughs> not. I don't know. I'm not a movie person. My father actually got himself a. What's the stat? The stat. Uh, he has a stat. I still have it. He's passed away. He got a statue for himself with his name on it. Yeah, the Oscar. For what? I don't know. To this <laughs> day. Because I do. I have it. It's like I. It's knickknacks I got, and I'm like, why did my dad just? I, I'm not a movie person, so. So what's the most you've ever paid for a ticket, Mark and Julie? No, I for can't a concert. remember. Mm. Concert or sporting event, well, either I, one. I mean, I just paid to go see the Nuggets yesterday. It was 100 bucks a ticket. 250 for the World Series when the Rockets To sit, like, you know, in a decent seat, not up in the nosebleeds of Pepsi Center. Uh, and the Nuggets, are, you know, they sell out every game now. They're, they're Those hot. are 19 sellout. Yeah, it's, it still should be more rowdy there. There's some, maybe it was because it was a Sunday afternoon game and it was just a different crowd. I just, maybe it will. For, it should be for the. For the, I'm, see, I'm assuming the postseason is going to be crazy for tickets there, especially if they play Golden State in like the Western Conference Finals. No, you got you know we were talking last week about the Duke game that was thirty three grand a ticket, thirty three hundred. Yeah, to go see Zion the, Williamson the Duke, play for one minute. Yeah, but I I don't know. That seems like a lot of money. Sort of like you know, do you do this in your life where you're like, well, that's um I don't know, that's a mortgage, that's a this, that's you know, that's 
That's a car insurance bill and right, that's, an energy energy bill? Yeah, that's energy bill. That's energy for me. That's my, you know, Excel bill for the next three years if I'm going to pay three grand or whatever. Something like that. All right, uh, we're coming up on the uh, top of the hour. The poll question today, go on there and vote, and we'll get an update on it when we come back. Of the following wideouts, who would you like to be the veteran wide receiver in the Broncos' room this coming season? Emmanuel Sanders is your choice at A, then John Brown B, Antonio Brown C, Tyrell Williams is D. Ian Rappaport was on earlier today on the uh, on the station. He is every morning on Monday morning. And we'll get some of the highlights of what he had to say in the Crock-Pot 2 is coming up next hour as we uh, we roll on here. Third hour of the show coming up. Mark Stout and Julie Brown with you today.